G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It is your boy Dossie here, talking all things AFL fantasy, continuing our stream of team previews, talking the Bulldogs. And with me, as always, I have members of the Pod Squad. We're missing Holmesy on this episode, but we do have five-time top 100 finisher Stato. We've got two-time top 10 finisher Harmy with us as well. And we've got the OG Pod Pod member, Louie, on deck. We're going to go through the team numbers first and then start talking some bullies. And there's plenty of relevant players to talk about this year. Let's get into the team numbers, though, from 2023. Ninth on the ladder, just missed out on finals. Eighth for fantasy points. They were the third worst team for kicking efficiency. And they were pretty low on meters gained per disposal. So a fair bit of a poor ball use last year, despite having the elite peg of a one Caleb Daniel in the squad. So not some great damaging kicks that they don't they don't sort of possess a heap of them in the squad, but second most clearances and second best clearance differential versus their opponents, only behind Brisbane. So we know they have a solid midfield going. And then they are also number one in the league for Luke Beveridge role changes as they always are. So getting into the dogs this podcast, Stato, actually I'm going to go to Harmy for this take. Can the doggies improve from that mediocre sort of team they were last year, just missing out in finals and bounce back to contend in 2024? You paint a pretty nice picture there, Dossie, hey? And um, uh, look, they've got quite a lot of good fantasy scorers too going back last year. So uh, look, they could do. Uh, I think that their list is better than where they finished last year. So if they've got a decent coach, then they should be uh, in the finals mix, yeah. All right. And for our fantasy teams, let's see what impacts happened over the trade period. The trade ins, we've got Nick Caulfield coming across from the Saints. We'll be talking a bit about him on this episode, I'm sure. Uh, James Harms coming across from Melbourne, who I know you lads have had in and out of your team in the past in fantasy circles when he gets that mid-time tended to do okay at Melbourne at times. Um, And then they've, of course, got a bunch of rookie picks, namely the number five pick, Riley Sanders. We'll also be talking a bit about him because he's a popular pick at the moment in fantasy. Uh, Now, some of the outs, Jordan Sweet, um, obviously didn't get a clean run at the ruck having Tim English in the picture there. So he's off to the power. Uh, Josh Bruce retired. Hayden Crozier retired as well. And then unfortunately, Lou, your boy, Toby McLean. You you was confident picking him last year. What do you want to say to him now that he, he's out of the picture? Oh, just praying that he uh, makes the mid-season draft, old Toby. Good player. Good memories, 2019. There must yeah. be a couple of list spots available somewhere. Surely he's training with one of clubs. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I should have a look at that. He's, he's definitely good enough. He finished the year uh, pretty strongly, but this isn't the Toby McLean show. Let's talk about some players on an AFL list. Well, speaking <laughs> about a player on an AFL list that unfortunately won't be playing as well, I've just listed him in the outs because he will be missing this year, and I know he was in a lot of our teams to start before he injured his ACL. So Bailey Smith out for the season as well. And, you know, where unfortunately we lose a player, we do open an opportunity for others. So plenty to talk about in this episode. But first, before we get into it, as we've done with all the teams, we get our buy round expert, the Statesman, to talk about the Dogs buy round. Thankfully, no opening round buy. They've got the round 15 buy. You've already talked about a couple of teams on the round 15 buy, but let's get your take on the Dogs here. 
Yeah, so obviously it's good to back them in early season. So mid-prices in, in rookies, if they've got good ones, we know there's a couple there. Uh, you should get on them because they're going to give you the uh, the price rises all the way through. Hopefully the, the mid-prices give us a, a reason to keep them. Uh, the drama being be careful you don't load up too much. We've talked about round 15, some very fantasy-relevant clubs on round 15 by uh, so you might be thinking you're you're tracking really well, hit round 15, fine, you've only got 16, 17 players and um, shooting way down the rankings. Um, so a bit of buy planning for round 15. I think the others, to be quite honest, um, aren't too much of a pain. So that's the one you just need to keep an eye on, which makes some really interesting decisions when it comes to when does a Bont and when does a Timmy English come into our squads. Let's jump into talking about the popular picks from the Bulldogs. They have five players over 10% owned at the moment. So obviously a popular team for Fantasy Classic coaches. Let's talk about the number one on that list. 47% owned Riley Sanders. He's $285,000. He was the number five pick. In the draft, Harmy, your thoughts on Sanders? We've we've heard a lot of buzz out of Bulldogs camp and out of track watchers out there saying that he's tearing up the track early days. Yeah, look, the only way that I won't start him on field is if he gets injured. He's done everything that you ask of him. Like he's uh, put up big scores in every competition he played in last year. Um, He's dedicated, you know, like he moved to Melbourne in order to further his career. I just think that he's come in, hit the ground running at the Bullies, um, and, geez, he may even get a run around the ball. He'll be at least, you know, around the midfield somewhere on the wing or, or around the ball anyway, working up the field around CBAs that um, aren't from a restart. So, yeah, I just think that um, he's a really good pick at the moment. All right, let's look at some of his uh, just some of his state league numbers from last year or his junior scoring numbers. We always like to look at those to see how they're going to translate at AFL level. And to your point, being a potential on-field candidate, he averaged 107 AFL fantasy points in the state league from his nine games, getting th- over 30 touches, four marks, five tackles in that. Then when you transfer that across to the under-18 championships, he played four games Still went at over thirty. He went thirty-five touches a game, six marks, four tackles, one hundred and twenty-five fantasy points. So, really strong fantasy pedigree from from Riley Sanders. And I think we're probably all on the same board, all on the same path here. If he if he's named, he's definitely an on-field rookie candidate, even given his midfield status. Um, Jack McRae, Louis, eight hundred twenty-nine thousand dollars, forty-two percent. Ownership. He's the most expensive forward that we have, and I know he gave us a few headaches last year as owners. Yeah, he did. So it'd be interesting if we had a few more options up forward, uh, what that ownership might actually look like. Because if we flash back to December, there were plenty saying he's on the never again list. I don't particularly blame them either. It was a bit of a shocking finish to the year that resulted in a sub out, but it's a new year. Uh, he went at 92, right? So it's not too bad for a forward. We've been blessed in the last couple of years. We've had a couple of guys who have managed to go at, you know, between 100 and 110, which has been super impressive. But uh, Jack McRae is, uh, he's a gun. We've, we know he's a gun. He has been for the, the greater part of his career. Um, Jaden Papowski's done some fantastic stats on Twitter. 
about what might be resulting in uh, in why he is regressing a bit. But I was just looking at some of their midfield mix here and looks like Bevo's really found his uh, his preferred three here. So he's got Trelaw at 78% CBAs, Libra at 78% and Bont at 81%, which is a really tight-knit midfield group. In fact, you have to go down to 36% where McRae sits uh, to to be able to, uh, for the next person in that centre bounce. So Bailey Smith injured, you mentioned earlier, he took 30%. Do we think that McRae uh, gets a little bit of that slice of the pie and can bump his numbers back up to the 50 to 60% we probably want him to go at? Or are we predicting that uh, that Jack McRae is going to be sort of 30%, maybe that high half forward wing roll again? Oh. It's the unanswerable question at this time of year, isn't it? (laughs) With Bevo. I just wanted to point a clarification there, Lou. Um, Just that that game when he got subbed out, that was from a – he failed a concussion test. So, And I know that because I had him for every game that he played last year, uh, which was quite uh, heartbreaking for most of the season. So in, in terms of starting Jack McRae, um, do you think there's much upside there? And even if there's not, do you think, given that we've got a bit of a poor bunch um, of forwards, we're certainly going to be taking a punt on probably two or three guys anyway. Are we are we feeling now that he's at 42% that there's a little bit of safety in numbers and we can sort of fall back on him having a relatively high floor and if 92 is just enough for us to start this year? I think that's where I'm landing at the moment. Um, as someone that usually tries to go against the grain, often it burns me. And, and like you're saying, safety in numbers with Jack McRae, I think probably is the play. Um, unless we see some other candidate stand out in the preseason. Stato, what are your thoughts on that in terms of safety in numbers with Jack McRae? Because we know what he can do as, a, as an absolute fantasy gun in the past. He's available at 92. You'd think in general that's... A ch- a amazing price to get Jack McRae. So he's a he's bargain basement price basically. And even if he plays forward, you'd think he can probably replicate a similar similar average anyway. Yeah, I, I suppose the deciding factor he, here is does he get any more CBAs? And the evidence doesn't hint towards that. So uh, I don't think he's really got an extra ceiling. The the really interesting question would be if Flanders didn't have a early buy of what type of ownership would McRae actually yeah. have because we're all searching for that. We just want someone in there that's going to give us a result and the reality is the forward line is so thin that finding that rock-solid person that's going to be there all year is very hard to find and that's why a lot of us even though I don't think any of us are expecting he goes back to his old ways uh, a landing on Jack McRae to be our F1 including myself at the moment yeah look I'm pretty keen I'll just go through I mean I know this is about the Bulldogs right but I'll go through the top six forwards at the minute so you, you tell me if you like these guys any more than Jack McRae apart from Flanders Dusty Martin don't reckon Caleb Daniel don't reckon Toby Green Dylan Moore Charlie Kernow so I mean geez it's it's a difficult decision to go against him isn't it Doss if if they're both forwards I might like Dylan Moore that's the only name like mm. If they're both playing forward, that's probably the only person that I could say could challenge him in the same role if they're playing the same role. But 
You know, I mean, this this is a year if Paddy Dow had forward status, he'd finally be relevant to someone <laughs> other than Doss. By the way, pull one out for the great man, the injury report today for Paddy Dow coming out. So um, not going to be training for Save four weeks, you. apparently. Yeah. One way we may be able to look at this uh, with Jack McRae at 42% ownership is a really quick pivot early on in the season. So by round one, two, we're going to have two games of data. I understand that's not a mu- not much, but we've seen in previous years that some of the best coaches identify uh, who's going to break out uh, really early on in the piece and who's not going to continue on how they've expected them to score when they've picked them. So being the top price forward this season, he's someone we can drop down to and maybe find a little bit of change on the other end. And unless you get injuries, quite often we do find that those post-round one trades are really difficult to try and improve your side. We're only a week out from your starting squad anyway. Um, so you may be able to do a quick pivot and uh, find the guy that does pop and then all of a sudden you may have a point of difference to 42% of the rest of the competition. And um, just a quick Quick dive into DFS Australia with without stats that are just back on board for 2023. Um, looking at games without Bailey Smith in 2023, there was only uh, four that I can see here, three of which Jack McRae was playing in, and he was actually nearly eight points worse without um, Bailey Smith. So that's just a little interesting nugget there. Looks like Thanks, a few boss. other people took the role like your Riley West is 25 points better. So, uh, yeah, interesting the direction that Bevo took last year. So we'll see what happens this year. Moving on to Marcus Bontempelli, the most expensive player in the comp, $1.06 a million, 27% owned, and Stato is here a potential option for coaches as the you know, to back up this amazing year of fantasy footy, could he go again and could he be a captain option for us? My short answer is no. Um, so very rare to players repeat um, such a big breakout. Um, and I think you yeah, add the, well, two other factors. He's coached by Bevo and they're already talking about more forward time. Um, and the the other point is he's actually missed a bit of pre-season. So he hasn't had the ideal preparation as he does last year. Do I think he's a target throughout the season? Absolutely. Um, but with a um, – I haven't detailed too much into the, the matchups for the Bulldogs at the moment, um, but the reality is to me I can see his price dropping. Anyone else got another take on the Bont? Oh, the same take. Oh, look, I think uh, I think he's super expensive, obviously. But if you were desperate for a captain option early last season, he was. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had the highest floor of all the players. So I'm looking here. He had an 86 as his lowest score. Uh, quite often in that round uh, round one matchup, we are worried about who our captain options are going to be because we don't often have that VC loop. Uh, that early. So if you were really bullish on Marcus Bontempelli, uh, then you probably have to put the C on him as well. I can't see him going hey, forward. He'd be in the midfield as well. So that's probably mm. something I'd discredit. He uh, might be swapping with Aaron Norton, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going on to the next most popular player, 18% of coaches keen on starting Nick Caulfield Harmy at 358k, available as a defender. He's played well, he's played since 2018 for the Saints. He's played 10 games, 8 games, 
16 games in 2020, then another 16 in 2021, did not play in 2022, did not play in 2023. So he's coming in super cheap, was a really strong prospect early days, but never kind of broke through. Do you see him having a role with the Dogs? Well, he did play in 2023. He played some VFL, I believe. So um, he sort of tried to come back from injury and then got a different injury. So um, just to put that out there, he's sort of done a bit of training. Well, he's training fully with the Bulldogs. Four, four uh, games in VFL um, last season by the looks. I hope I've got the right year up here. Yeah, 2023. Um Six games, 17 t- uh, kicks, six handballs, six marks, 84 fantasy points for mm. Sandringham. Yeah, look, um, yeah, and, and the training reports are he's training well, um, that sort of thing, and he's got a role in the back line with the Bulldogs at the moment. So if he is best 22, I'm I'm pretty interested at his price point, 358000 I think you could definitely take a punt on him. Um, and if it fails, well, geez, what he's he's almost rookie price. So you, you sort of haven't lost anything from having a go at him, but you really need to be confident that he has a role in that um, team for the first kind of six weeks probably in order to make some uh, money there. But he's definitely a player that I'm watching um, and I, hopefully he plays those preseason game uh, and we can have a look at what he's doing. Yeah, can you see how it goes? Uh, let's get on to the last most popular player in fantasy circles at the dogs. Like I said, this is the fifth, so there's quite a few that coaches are keen on. Tim English, and I'll correct myself, this is the most expensive player in AFL fantasy. The Bont comes in at number two. So 1.07 million Louis. He was the best ruck last year. You know, is it worth paying up the coin? We do have some juicy mid-priced options, though, in that department. Oh, he's probably another one like Bont where he's probably fully priced and uh, the only difference being is that he's in a line that we've only got two selections. So if you value your trades, you want to start the man who we're going to presume is going to be the R1 this year and a captain option, then uh, I don't mind starting Tim English. I think we're going to get uh, something similar to what we experienced in 2023. The only flag I would have is that these concussion issues that he's had over the preseason are a little bit of a concern and there's been a bit of chit-chat about uh, Rory Lobb chopping out into that ruck role a little bit more as well. So uh, it, it won't take too many ruck contests for that to, to regress a little bit, uh, but it's only a tiny asterisk. Yeah, look, I was thinking about this today, Lou, with our ruck line, and I'm not ruling it out at this point. Um, I was quite turned off by him not training with the main group, but now he's back in there and you know, everything's saying is fit, I'll still continue to think about that. He had an interrupted preseason last year as well. Was it a hamstring yeah. or something like that a couple of weeks before round one and then and then just totally hit the ground running? So uh, maybe we're jumping at shadows here, but um, I, I don't think you're going to be regretting starting Tim English as your R1. Okay, looking at the top three averaging players from last year, I've already spoke about two of them. Tim English averaged 119, Bont 117. So Adam Trelaw was the third highest averaging player at the Dogs. He's at 950K. Is he worth a shout at all, Stato, especially given the Bailey Smith injury there? Uh, I think he's um, he's worth a big shot. The problem is the hamstrings. And um, Jack McRae's best friends will be Adam Trelaw's hamstrings. Yeah, good call. 
Um, let's look at the rookies at the Western Bulldogs. Just adding a little segment in here just to talk about the rooks. We, you know, just slot them into this category. So, Louis, I think you've been keen to talk about this, the Bevo rookie roulette. Um, you reckon there's probably going to be one of these rookies that are going to that are going to come good for us? Do you want to walk through them for us? Uh, yeah, well, I don't really know much about these guys, and uh, that seems to be the trend with rookies at the Dogs uh, over the years. It feels like Bevo plucks these guys out of nowhere, and they end up playing 15 games for the year. And uh, looking at some of these rookie price players, uh, there's been a little bit of hype about them in uh, in the dog circles, but. But Riley Garcia at 310, Don Bedendo at 262, Lockie McNeil, who's played a bit of footy, I think uh, highly sub-affected as well. So he might present a bit of value at 248K. Uh, and then a couple of draftees in Harvey Gallagher, 2022. Uh, Jed Busslinger, I think he was 2022 as well. He's got a uh, quite a bit of hype, I've noticed. And then Jordan Croft, just in the, in the draft gone, uh, was highly rated as well. So... Some of these guys may get games throughout the year, so just keep an eye on them for a downgrade option. And then Artie Jones at 304k too. He's probably getting up there as a small forward, I think, Dossie, so I wouldn't have had him on the run sheet. But, uh, yeah, just just keep an eye out for these guys. All right, looking at the points of difference now and Tom Liberatore, uh, for me, I'll just take this one. I reckon pretty much career year last year, just about there for Liber, 932k. I just would struggle to pay up for a guy over 30 years old now in that midfield. Uh, Stato, what are your thoughts on that? Just a yes or a no, no to Libba? No to Libba. Uh, Caleb Daniel at $811,000 in that forward line that we're struggling with, Harmy. It's going to depend on his role, isn't it, as to whether he's an option? No to Caleb. <laughs> that wasn't an option for you, mate. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, well, what well, what role is he playing? I mean, geez, he gets shuffled around so much. He was in, he was like a worthwhile pick when he's playing in the back line, but it seems that they um, prefer him not being there. So I'm not sure what the concern was, but uh, yeah, an unpredictable role. It's hard to have confidence in putting him in your fantasy side. That being said, Harmy, I think if we can get a read on this role early, he could be a nice forward for us because he has an average less than 86 for five seasons. Uh, you mentioned some of those names earlier that, um, you know, they're a bit same-same, but uh, Caleb Daniel feels like somebody that Bevo's trying to get into the game, hence why he's shuffling around. Uh, and I agree with you, there might be some volatility there, but in a line where we're really scratching for, for options, Caleb Daniel might just be that safety net that we've got. What position do you reckon he plays? Let's have a, have a guess. Probably Ruck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of talk about the midfield. Uh, it seems like he's off of that halfback flank now. I think Ed Richards and Bailey Dale have have taken his role there. So uh, wing time maybe with Bailey Smith uh, out, but uh, you're right. The, the role is totally up in the air, but I think it is a testament to, to how good of a player he is that he hasn't actually dropped below that 86. So if a few things do go his way, then I could see him pushing potentially back up to 90. He's a guy that's done 94 before, which would put him uh, pretty comfortably in those top sort of six to six to 10 forwards. Moving on to those options you just mentioned, Bailey Dale and Ed Richards. Stato, any interest for you here? I've also seen some Ed Richards more midfield time 
um, Buzz early preseason, which also puts a bit of a flag up for McRae. But talk about Bailey Dale and Ed Richards if they're options for us this year. They're just all good prices without the the ceilings we really want from the defenders. So as soon as you get that 700k, you you want to be able to see a player take a next step to be a, a top six. It's unless they've um, got massive upside, it's just not worth the punt. So. Um, although I was an Ed Richards fan and um, unfortunately 12 months too early uh, for his breakout. But, look, I really like him as a player. I think he uses the footy really well. But there's quite a few of them that use the footy out of defence and they just share it a little bit too much. There's not one quarterback there. And finally, James Harms. Uh, why not we? Why not throw Harmy to talk about Harms? Uh, what are your thoughts on six hundred thirty-seven coming across from the D's? Does he have a role here? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what that role is, but um, they wanted him, so they took him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the that's the every player at the Dogs, we don't know. Yeah, James Harms. Though, look, if he came in priced at um, what he averaged last year, I'd be pretty interested because I think it was sub fifty from from memory. But yeah, he's 47. not. He, yeah, thanks, Lou. So he's priced based on the um, uh, like the lower of the two prior years, so the previous year's average, which is a shame. But uh, so I'm not really interested because that year he was playing bulk midfield time uh, as well. So um, I don't think he's much value based on his his price. But um, I reckon uh, for those uh, draft coaches. Bump him up your um, draft order a bit because he'll be everyone sort of seems to draft based on last year's average. All right, well, that'll do it for the dogs pod. Basically, wait and see what the hell Bevo is going to do for the season because <laughs> we have no idea what roles are coming your way. They're going to they're be one of the biggest watch in those trial games, and even then, you probably won't have it. And, ounce of an idea what the great man's going to be doing. Uh, he might be off to Frio anyway, apparently, according to reports by next year. So we'll have another whole team to have to worry about the Bevo effect. But look, it is uh, that was the Western Bulldogs pog stato. You've got some closing thoughts though. Yeah, I'd just be interested to see what everyone's thoughts are that we go through the practice game for him. We've only seen Jack McRae at half forward and wing. What do we do? I mean, 100%. I reckon if, I am. If he's like, just playing half forward or wing. That's what he did yeah, last year. He's just sharing his time between the two, no CBA time. Couldn't be any worse I think than it last season. On who else does well in the trial game, Stato. Like if we see, like just as a hypothetical, Mitch Owens or someone like that go into the guts and tear it up and you've got some cheaper options, or you know, Dylan Moore even go in and, and tear it up in the in the higher bracket. I think it's just dependent on other options that we've got because, like we said, safety in numbers otherwise is what I'd probably say. Well, that'll do it. Bit of silence to end the show. Uh, make sure you follow us at Pod Pod AFL on X, on YouTube, Instagram, all the other things. And play, please uh, leave a rating on Spotify. Let's try and get up to 250 by the end of preseason on those ratings for us. And uh, we'll see you on the next Team Preview Pod. We're going to be talking to Sydney Swans. See you then.